This week on the pod, AJ and I do our first viewer request, the 1988 cult classic, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. This is I Pierce the Toast. I'm Sean. And I'm AJ. Let's make some toast. Welcome back to I Pierced the Toast. I said that extra slow just for you, AJ. Well, you know what I'll say extra slow? What's that, AJ? I. I. P. N. T. <laughs> you P N T? That is I, not okay. I, I P T T. T T? I I I. 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 P T T. I P T T. I. Ipetita. See, I thank you. Get on board with the ipetita. No, no, no. I mean, if if you if you spell it out though, ipetita. Ipetita is I P T T. So AJ, guess what I finally saw? Yes, I finally saw Oppenheimer. Oh, nice. What'd you think? I thought first thing, Kraken. Kraken. I thought uh, it was a pretty cool movie, and I know you and I think somebody else had some critique about the um, characterization uh, that. Uh, goes into Nolan films, and I gotta say, I don't, I don't think Nolan films are supposed to be about the characterization. I think he does a decent job of characterization, but a Nolan film is really more intended to be ideological, and you can even see that in Oppenheimer. Yes, the the film is about Oppenheimer, but it's it's really about the questions that surrounded the nuclear program and and the the creation of the atom bomb and what it led to. Oppenheimer is just the catalyst for telling the story and asking those important questions. So, I don't know. I enjoyed it. It is a very visually pleasing movie, too. It is. And it's very, it's it's crazy how the entire thing feels like this, you know, kind of like, you know, steadily constant movement towards what we all know is about to happen. Yeah. You know, and then it all starts to slow down in those last few months. It's pretty crazy. Pretty and, crazy. And the whole scene where they finally, you know, they, they test the bomb, that scene was like, <sighs> oh, yeah. But AJ, we're not here to talk about Oppenheimer. What are we talking about this week? This week, we're going to shout out Jules, one of our listeners who lives in Kansas City. And that's pretty awesome. So this uh, this suggestion comes from Jules, who uh, requested that we cover this film on the pod. And uh, for that, we uh, sent Jules a t-shirt and some stickers and some uh, some other IPTT swag. So oh, yeah. uh, thanks a lot, Jules. We appreciate you listening, and uh, we hope you're enjoying the pod. We definitely have some other suggestions that we definitely need to go to. One of them is Spawn. I can't wait to do that episode. It is spooky season. so we It can, is spooky season. We can, we can do Spawn. And I have a couple of other suggestions from uh, my fiance, who is one of them. Your Beyonce? Yeah, my Beyonce. And also Brittany in Columbia, Missouri. So she she's definitely someone that is suggesting stuff. We need to really look into that and start doing more viewer. Man, we episodes. got a lot of uh, a lot of fans in Missouri. I, I fancy know, right? that. I know, fancy that. I can't imagine why. <laughs> Jay, the year is 1988, Ooh. and the Kyoto brothers have decided to get together and gift to the world the film Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Now, is that Kyoto like K-Y-O-T-A? No, or? that is C-H-I-O-D-O. I believe it's an Italian name. Oh, different, different yes. ethnic group yes, than different, I Yes, yes, different than what you might be thinking. Um, so we actually have three brothers here. We've got Stephen... Uh, Edward and Charles. Oh yes. And th- for the most, so Stephen did the directing, uh, but Edward and Charles were were kind of part of it the whole way. And I, I'm sure they probably all played a hand in direction as well. But uh, in terms of writing, producing, and directing the film, all three of them played a role. 
here's what's interesting. These guys aren't writers, producers, or directors. They are puppeteers slash visual effects guys. It's kind of like Frank Oz. Yeah, kind of like Frank Oz. But I th- I thought that was I thought that was fascinating. Like these guys are not you know they're they're not traditional filmmakers. I mean they've obviously been involved in the filmmaking process. They know what they're doing. Um, and let's be honest, this this thing is a cult classic. It's an even it's even getting some more traction now, which we'll discuss here a little bit later. But this is not a film that should have done very well, from, you know, based solely on the experience of the the individuals that made the film. But somehow it worked. Somehow they they got just enough camp and just enough ridiculousness in it to make it worthwhile and worth watching. I think it also has to do with the music in the background too, because watching this, they hear that. Dun, 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 dun. I was like, okay. okay we're, gonna, good. we're gonna discuss that too. <laughs> so uh before we uh before we dive into the cast, uh fun fact about a group, a, a musical group from the year uh two thousand and one. Um the group was called Kyoto's, originally known as the Kyoto Brothers, and the band name was a tribute to these three filmmakers. Ooh, isn't that just fun? That's a fun that's a fun fact. Do they have anything to do with Killer no, Clowns? No. Not a fucking thing. Okay. <laughs> they were just cool. like, hey, we like these guys. We like their movie. Let's name our band after it. Okay, that's it, cool. I guess it would be kind of like, oh, I don't know, naming your podcast I Pierce the Toast. <sighs> hey, that's a good fucking name. <laughs> <laughs> so jumping into the cast, here's the first thing I'm gonna say. Aside from a very small role that Christopher Titus plays, uh, and it very quickly dies in the film, um, there, there is nobody you're going to recognize from this film. And, and apologies, before I jump into the cast, let's, let's discuss the plot. The plot is very simple. There's a, killer clowns. It's killer clowns. And where are they from? And they're from outer space. Oh, I mean, is, 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 I mean, is there like some double entendre there? Is there like some deeper meaning behind that? Is it like a like a really nice Christopher Nolan film, like where you have to unpack it? The, the clowns is spelled with a K. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that Christopher Nolan? <laughs> so no, obviously, as AJ is pointing out here, there's no major plot point here. Killer clowns from outer space, obviously insinuating that they are in fact alien clowns. They come down uh, in their their big top circus. They uh, they kind of take over this town. And they start killing people. And we're going to get into the details about how they kill people. But that is the base plot. And then, of course, it's up to a plucky band of who the fuck people. ever to, to try to stop the killer clown invasion. Which uh, which we'll, we'll let you know by the end, hopefully, that uh, that they're either successful or failure in this, this effort to stop the killer clown invasion. You know, at the end, you really do. No matter what we say. You don't really know if they're successful or not. No, you don't. You actually you really don't. You... You can make certain assessments or judgments. And you know what? Fuck it. Let's we'll, we'll discuss that at the end. We'll, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll talk we'll, about that. We'll wax intellectual on this this 1980s, <laughs> you know, uh, killer flick of, about clowns. So jumping into the cast again, aside from Christopher Titus and, and actually maybe John Vernon, you're yeah. probably not going to know anybody from this film. Um, there are a few names that were recognizable if you saw some movies growing up in the 80s. But aside from that, most of the people on this list, they're not really heavy hitters in the modern cinema world, uh, even within the last 10, 15 years. There's really only, what, five characters, well, four, uh, six, 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 
I guess six characters that you really even need to know for real in the entire well, movie. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that. Six human characters. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And we're not going to go through who played each of the clowns, but we are damn sure going to go through the fact that each of the clowns have a fucking name. You know, some of them make sense, and some of them it's just like, where the fuck did you get this name? You know what would be fucking wild? Is if someone created a wiki for all of the clowns in this movie. Well, what a kawinky dink. <laughs> <laughs> there is a Killer Clowns Phantom Wiki where there is a page dedicated for each and every fucking clown in this movie. Sean actually pointed this out to me, and that's the reason I had to drop that stupid-ass joke, because I thought it was the most ridiculous fucking shit. Because they don't say the clowns' names in this movie at all. They're just giving them fucking random names, like Rudy. What the fuck? Yeah, like, the Rudy's my favorite, because some of them make sense. Fatso or Spiky. Because he's got, no, Fatso is a fat clown. Spiky has spiky hair. Or Shorty. Sure. Or Shorty because he's the little one. But fucking Rudy, where the shit did that come from? Who the f- Like, what, like, they were looking at him and uh, he kind of resembles a, a football player from Notre Dame? I don't fucking know. I don't know how they got there. <laughs> so starting off at the top, we've got Grant Kramer who plays Mike Tobacco. I had to double check that because I, I couldn't believe that was actually his last fucking name in this movie. Uh, but, uh, just to give you an idea of the kind of cinematic giants we're dealing with here, um, you might know Grant Kramer, probably not, from such films as Addicted to Murder 3, Bloodlust, or Aliens from Uranus. Why didn't we watch that one? <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's the kind of films we're dealing with here. So uh, probably probably not going to be seeing Grant Kramer in too many feature films. And we should probably preface this by saying that these these actors are they're they're not bad actors in any way, shape, or form. But when you're coming down and you're talking about like A list actors and B list actors and C list actors, these are probably on the C list actors. I'm not going to lie, they're not bad actors by any stretch of the imagination. You just you don't see them in anything. True, and that's that's not a bad uh, a bad clarification to make. These we're not making fun because these are bad actors, but we are going to make fun because you know when when your major credits are things like Murder Three or Aliens from Uranus, it's like okay, that kind of tells you the the caliber of of uh, a performer we're dealing with. So just FYI. Uh, next we have Susan Snyder who plays Debbie Stone, our female lead. Um, she actually had some credits in the eighties: uh, Weird Science, Ooh, I love that one. Uh, Return of the Living Dead Two. She was actually in Fools Rush In with uh I've never seen that one. With Matthew Perry and Selma Hayek. Sure. Yeah, um, why not? All right. But I I I saw the I remember the film, but I don't remember her. Um She was in a couple episodes of Seinfeld, but and I think she had like one credit from twenty eleven, but for the most part, she pretty much stopped acting in nineteen ninety nine. So she's she's been she's been dormant for the last twenty five years okay. or so. Uh, then we have John Allen Nelson, who plays Officer Dave, Dave Hansen. This guy. This fucking this guy. This fucking guy. This fucking guy. We're going to get into the fucking audacity, but this fucking guy. He's not as bad as Mooney, but this fucking guy. No, it's just when you watch this movie, just know this man has really tried to throw on the smolder the entire <laughs> fucking movie. <laughs> he is smoldering he the whole pisses time. me off. <laughs> so you might know him from some TV shows like uh, 24. Baywatch, Crisis, um, and then of course he's done a lot of short stints on TV shows. You know, an episode or a two episode mm -hmm. uh, arc here or there. Uh, but he's done some work. You know, he's 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 fairly recognizable. 
He's one of those people that if you see him, you're like, oh, you know, I think I saw him in an episode of, you know, X, Y, or Z, right? Uh, then, of course, we have one of our, our performers that may actually be known to some of our audience yeah, members. Yeah. And that's John Vernon, who plays Officer Curtis Mooney. Um, and speaking of this fucking guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> this fucking guy. Now, unfortunately, we did lose John Vernon back in 2005. But, uh, you know, as much as we're going to bash on the character of Curtis Mooney, John Vernon as a performer was pretty badass. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was in Dirty Harry. He played the Dean in Animal House. Uh, he was in Airplane 2, the sequel. And that's that's not me saying that it's the sequel. That's literally the 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 follow online it's airplane two colon the sequel <laughs> um, oh fucking leslie nielsen um he also had a small role in sorority boys i don't remember him but i have a feeling it was probably because he was in the dean and animal house they're probably like oh it'd be fun to have john yeah. Brennan in this um plus he did a bunch of voiceover work he was in uh do you remember uh spider-man from uh the 90s yeah yeah he was he, he did uh, uh jonah no, no, he he might have, but the one that stood out to me was um oh who's the 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 kind of wizard guy from Stereo? No, not that wizard guy. The the one that does the one oh the Doctor one that Strange. Uh, yes Doctor Strange. I think he plays uh, he plays Doctor Strange in that. I didn't know. I don't even remember Doctor Strange from Incredible Spider Man. Uh, he also did the Incredible Hulk. Uh, and do you know a game called Baldur's Gate? Ooh, yeah, he was he he did some voices for Baldur's Gate too. Interesting. Yeah, so he was he was doing all, and this is just the tip of the iceberg. He was doing all kinds of voice work and television work. Like he was, he was a legit established, you know, well sought after performer. Um, so I think this was one of those cases where they were like, hey, we can get John Vernon for this film. So. I think they had like a two million dollar budget. I feel like at least a million of that I just went to getting John Vernon. It would have had to. Looking at the cast itself, it would have fucking had to because there's no one else that can like basically hold a candle to him at least with his filmography in this movie. That's it's true. That's kind of how it works. It's true. Uh, then we have our Terenzi brothers, and Ooh. that's their character names, not their actual uh, names. So we've got Michael Siegel, who played Rich Terenzi, and Peter Lacasse, that played Paul Terenzi. So uh, Michael Siegel, he's got a couple of TV spots, but he's, this one's interesting. He stopped acting in 1991, okay? And Say why? I, I, I didn't look it up because, I honestly, he, he's like such a minor character in this. I mean, he's, he's fairly present in the film, but he, he's a minor character. Yeah. So I wasn't going to dig too deep, but I thought this was kind of interesting. Stopped acting in 1991. Then he picked up in 2011, hit the ground running, did a whole slew of TV shows. You know, your one-offs, one episode here, one episode there. And then recently, he got cast in a TV show called Hapless, which I think I've heard something mm-hmm. about. And then an Apple TV show called Foundations. So, yeah, I don't I don't know. He just he just took a 20-year hiatus. I don't know. And then just jumped right back into it. So, he's, he's, he's hooking and jabbing. Good nice, for him. nice. Yeah, good for him. Uh, then we got Peter Lacasse or Lacasse. I'm not sure how it's pronounced. Uh, he also, unfortunately, did pass in 2020. Uh, now, his career was uh, not anywhere near as robust. He had this film, the film that him and, I believe, Michael Siegel were kind of known for and the reason why they were brought into this project, which was called Cheese Ball Presents. I don't know anything about it. I'm not sure I want to know anything about it, but we're looking this up (laughs) from the impression I'm getting is it was some sort of comedy and it gave these guys just enough cred to be cast in this film. Uh, And then he was on a show called Santa Barbara in 1989, but that's it. That's those were his only credits. Now, 
the distributor, the original distributor, Transworld Entertainment, uh, they were a small theatrical studio that mainly specialized in, you know, direct-to-video, B-level horror, and action fare, which is why this was obviously the perfect studio for this project. They were initially supportive of the concept of the film, and they were going to actually put up a relatively decent print and advertising campaign for this, but I think they only wound up uh, doing a, a very small theatrical release in, like, a few uh, theaters across the uh, the United States, but... um. That's according to the Kyoto brothers. The, the TWA heads, TWE heads, Mosh, DeMonte, and uh, Helen and Edward, uh, Edward, excuse me, Edward, uh, Edward Sarlouis, they booked the film in only a couple of theaters nationwide in the peak of summer season rather than around Halloween. And of course, because of that, you know, the film bombed. But it also could have just been something that people weren't really interested. Who knows? I mean, when you think about it, the movie already, just from the fucking video that we saw that was the theatrical trailer, looks fucking cheesy. It really looks cheesy. And it's definitely one of those ones where you and I even jokingly said when we watched it, yep, that's the entire fucking movie. Yeah. Because it really was. That's like, there's there's not a whole lot to this film. It's This really isn't like some robust plot. It's It's pretty cut and dry. So before we move on, there's something very interesting with this Cheeseball Presents. Oh, for fuck's sakes! You did not just look that shit up. I had to. Oh, get, I was like, all right. All right I Give got, me the tea. I, Give me. The, let's. We're we're off track. We're already off track. So apparently, it was just a TV movie that was a bunch of skits and everything like that. Okay. But it it basically had this troop called the Groundlings. Do you know what came from the Groundlings? The whitest kids you know. The Pee Wee Herman show. Oh, get fucked. Yeah. Holy so shit! All of this together. I mean, it says that many of the Groundlings performers had success in Saturday Night Live, Mad TV, Reno 911. So maybe there's something to be said with that. I mean, maybe Holy they fuck. saw this and were like... See, now I feel like a piece of shit for having just outright <laughs> dismissed Cheeseball Presents for only giving us these two chuckle fucks. I was like, well, it couldn't have been that good if this is if this is what came out of it. But holy, it sounds like it spurned quite a bit of decades worth of skit comedy. That's pretty badass. Well, I don't know if it's like specifically has to do with like all these people but looking at the actual skits themselves it looks like this is where like a lot of like Pee Wee Herman and all that kind of stuff came from that's bad it looks like there's like an Elvira thing in here too it's kind of funny uh, I think Elvira might have predated that a bit though right no it looks like it's like a uh, spoof of Elvira oh okay that makes more sense sure in the subsequent years after the pretty minuscule theatrical release um video rentals and late night cable showings of the film found this small audience and then in 1993, TWE folded during the uh, Credit Lioness Entertainment banking scandal, and so they sold off all their assets, including Killer Clowns from Outer Space, and they sold to MGM Studios. And then in 2001, MGM Studios asked the Kyoto Brothers to do a DVD commentary, which you and I got to catch a bit of, um, for, of its film for its Midnight Movies release, and then the film found this huge audience and became a major cult classic, which I thought was weird, because... They're talking about it becoming a cult classic in 2001, but I remember enjoying this film in the 90s. So, I, I, I'm not saying I'm a trendsetter, but uh, apparently I, I pick up on shit TV long before others do, so kudos to me. I'm sorry, I'm still stuck on this cheeseball thing. I oh, for fuck's sake. Cassandra Peterson was in this, so was fucking Phil Hartman. Phil Hartman was in it? We have to watch this. Fuck my life. I think we just found what film we're going to do uh, Okay, next. all right. So we're okay, not, not doing this Not this next, month. But, it's, yeah. it's spooky season. Sorry. But, sorry, guys. But we're going to have to do Cheeseball Presents. And, but... <laughs> 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 God 
God damn it. You threw the emperor off his groove. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Uh, so, obviously, not a hit when it was released in theaters. Um, but again, it's become a cult classic. It's made revenue in action figures, DVDs, T-shirts, and then... Video game. Video game. And then recently, there's been a resurgence again. And I, I was I thought it might be related to a reason I thought it was. Uh, so I looked it up, and I kind of confirmed it through a few sources. And it's because last year, Spirit Halloween started selling the costumes. Because I actually thought about being Shorty Clown. Because I saw uh, it, I was like, that'd be short. fucking alert. Because I'm a little guy. Hey. hey. Do you want to be Killer Clowns for Halloween? You're fucking... Yes. Let's do obviously. It. Okay. Fucking obviously. The film only had a $2 million budget, as I mentioned. Uh... And it went predominantly to production costs, which I thought was odd because you and I watched some of the, the the behind the scenes, and they seem to put a lot of effort into the special effects. Yeah, we're not talking like great special effects, but not bad for 1980. But it doesn't sound like a lot of the money went into that. Most of it went into you know uh, paying the people they needed to pay, yeah. and and you know uh, marketing and all the other stuff that you have to do for a film. You know, not really like using it in the actual creation of the film itself which i thought was i thought was odd because you know it seemed like they put a decent amount of effort into it but they must have used a lot of creative avenues to try to find ways to not have to spend a lot of money so good for I, them i don't know there's a scene in this movie where there's this light thing that happens and from the behind the scenes we'll talk about this later but it looks like that's where the entire budget went <laughs> I gotta say <laughs> to the light, to the light scene. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you see what the fuck they did to do this, it's uh, I think that's where the budget went. So, the uh, the theme song, you know, the That fucking thing? Uh-huh. uh-huh. Uh, so that was done by a band called The Dickies. Ooh, I love The Dickies. Oh, you, do you? Yeah. Oh. Well, you should know. Uh, do you know how much they loved this film before they made that song? I'm assuming not a lot. Not a lot, because they never fucking saw it. Yeah. <laughs> they just were like, oh, you need a song for a film about killer clowns from outer space? All right, here you fucking go. <laughs> I, like, I, I, it, it's awesome. It, it plays really well, but no, they had no fucking idea what the film... They, they, they didn't get to watch, like, a pre-screening of the film or anything. They were just like, yeah, here, here you go. <laughs> well, all you need to hear is killer clowns from outer space. I think you get the gist. Yeah, or you could just watch the one commercial, and it's like, get okay, the so movie. that's the go. whole movie. Okay, I got it. Like, the only part you don't see is the very end. That's it. Actually, no, you do see the end, don't you? You see the pie thing at the end. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you literally see the whole fucking yeah, movie. The, the whole commercial. movie. Before we get started, ordinarily we do this at the end, but AJ, we've gone through the cast list. Yeah. Who is Sam Elliott playing? Oh, we haven't done a Sam Elliott in a minute. It's because we haven't done a film in a minute. We've been doing all these fucking sideshow shit. We did Dogma. Ah, clown, we did Dogma. We didn't talk about who Sam Elliott oh, that's would be. True, we didn't talk about who Sam Elliott would play. Retroactively, he would be Silent Bob, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> just gonna fucking casually throw that shit out yeah, there. Yeah, that's just how that's gonna happen. But go to hell, he be God. <laughs> I think in this movie he would have to be Mooney. That's literally what I put. He's Mooney. Yeah. Like there's no other. He's he literally is a grumpy ass old man. Who the fuck else is yeah. he gonna play? I don't know. In, was it in Parks and Rec? He's not very grumpy. He's not. But that was kind of the joke, wasn't yeah. it? He's playing a character a that's so diametrically opposed to the the typical uh, typecasting that he's set in. So I, I, that's why it was fun. Now, before we get into the plot, we need to discuss the more important secondary cast. We're not going to talk performers. 
we're just going to talk character names. And that is... Cotton Candy. The, <laughs> the clouds, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> Starting off from the very top, we've got Jumbo, who is one of the main clowns, the one that likes to annoy Mooney. All right. Uh-huh, uh-huh. We've got Fatso, pretty easy to catch in the film because he's the fat one. Is he the one with the mallet? Uh, no, I don't think he was the one with the mallet. He was the one that was drinking blood from a crazy straw out oh, of okay, a cotton okay, candy okay. person. Uh, that'll make more sense later. <laughs> Just kidding. No, <laughs> uh, Shorty, uh, who I, I think that one's pretty self-explanatory. He's the little clown. Uh, Rudy. Yeah, I don't, again, I don't. We, no fucking idea why they named him Rudy. He's just—he's a redheaded clown, and he's like the first. I think he was like the first guy to use the popcorn gun. Yeah, sure. Yeah, but and by the way, none of these clowns talk. Like the most talking they do is through others, and we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> um, Spiky, which was the the clown with the spiky hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, like you do, as one does. As one does. Then we've got uh, Slim, who was the guy that did the, uh, remember the dinosaur puppet, uh, ah, shadow puppet yeah, guy? Yeah, yeah. That's that's Slim. And then, um, uh, and then I'm just going to do one more here because it, then it starts getting into some of the clowns that were in like the parade that really didn't have too big of a role. Uh, but I do want to mention Bibbo uh, because he was the guy with the mohawk and the yellow and red suit. And you see him pretty often. But that, that other than that, you start getting into some kind of, you know, it starts going down the line a little a little worse because you you're not really getting to see any sort of characterization in the rest of the clowns. They're just kind of there to give the impression that there's more clowns than just these few. You're not going to talk about the harlot clowns. Oh, we're going to get to the harlot clowns. Oh, do you want to talk about the harlot clowns now? Or do you want to talk about them later? Uh, I could talk about them all. God, that could be the entire podcast. Let's let's, let's talk about it later. Let's bring them out. But no, just no, no, no. Let's bring no, them no, out. No, we need to make sure that everyone knows that they need to be prepared that later on into this podcast you'll hear about. The harlot clowns. Well, are the harlot clowns your favorite? Yeah. Okay, then we have to talk about them now, because no, that's my no, question is, no. AJ, who's your favorite fucking clown? Fine, Shorty. <laughs> <laughs> You're my favorite clown too, AJ. Okay. See what you did there? Because I'm uh, Shorty. Yeah. Um, who's your favorite clown? I, I got to go with Jumbo, the guy that the guy that fucks with Mooney. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. he literally turns Mooney into a goddamn sock puppet. Like, that's like, how do I not fucking make that guy my favorite? Mm. <laughs> So let's jump in here. We open at Makeout Point with the Terenzi brothers trying and failing to get laid by offering ice cream to a couple of local gals. Ooh. Ooh. Then a comet lands and an old man thinks Haley's comet has landed in his backyard. Now you're probably already thinking to yourself, Sean, you missed something. You just completely fucking segued without any sort of... No, that's that's how it happened. Literally... Two dudes drive up to make out point, make fools of themselves, and then we cut to an old man seeing a comet drop, thinks it's Haley's comet, because or he sees a excuse me, sees a meteor drop, thinks that's Haley's comet, and then goes running after it with his dog. That that's how yeah, the film that's starts. That's about it in a nutshell. But he's probably my favorite character in the whole movie, to be honest. The, the old man? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be greased and fried. What in blue blazes the circus doing up in these parts? I love the circus. Come on, maybe we can get us some free passes. 
he's, he's got some great lights. He's got some. He, he's not in long, obviously. He's, he's got the, some zingers because he's the first. Uh, I think he's the first official victim, right? Yeah, I guess the dog would be. Unfortunately, well, and as you pointed out, because when the when when Mike and Debbie show up at the the circus tent, um, they go in and there's cotton candy people already. And I had said, well, maybe it was from like other planets. Maybe they, you know, went somewhere else and and did that to people. But you noted that it was actually somebody they knew in one of them. So yeah, the clowns had already started gathering people. So they could have already gotten somebody yeah. prior to the old man. But that's the first kill we see as yeah, the that's, audience. That's the first one we see. We see a dog disappear. We don't really know what happens. And I will mention that if you're if you're like me and you don't like to see the dog die. You don't actually see anything. You see the dog disappear. Yes. And obviously the old man becomes very upset about it, but then he quickly gets killed himself. Who cares? But uh, as the old man is making his way through the woods to find the, you know, Haley's Comet, because he's going to be rich when he finds it, um, he then encounters a circus tent and immediately abandons the search for the comet and says, let's see if we can get some free tickets. That's what I would do too. Though. Like that, just like how the fuck did he make? Like he's just like, oh, well. First off, he doesn't even question the fact that there's a fucking circus in the middle of the woods. It's a little weird, right? Sean, you have ADD. I'm pretty sure you wouldn't either. I don't like that you're right. <laughs> <laughs> so, fuck. I'm a bitch. Okay. Um. Back at Makeout Point, Mike and Debbie also decided to go looking for the meteor, only to also... It's not Makeout Point. It's the top of the world. Okay. It's fucking... Okay, yeah. They call it top <laughs> of the world. It's Makeout Point. That's what everybody's there doing. They're all making out. That's why they get so upset when the ice cream bros show up, because they're like, hey, we were trying to get lucky here. So Mike and Debbie, they go off looking for the meteor, uh, only to also abandon their search to investigate the circus tent in the middle of the fucking woods. What the fuck is wrong with these people? ADD. <laughs> Everybody in this film Everyone has fucking ADD. ADD. Everybody in this film has ADHD. Uh, so Mike and Debbie actually get inside the big top. Uh, while Mike does what I presume to be jokes. Is that what he was going for? It was it was okay. No. I mean, besides that one joke that he had that was a little a little off the pale, but I mean, Yeah, we're not gonna cover that joke. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was bad. It was a bad joke. Just briefly prepared, there's a very bad joke at the beginning of this movie. So as they traverse their way through, they quickly come to the realization that the circus tent they're in is, in fact, the meteor they saw, and it was, in fact, Aliens Landing. Like, they get to it really, really quick, which is, you know, pretty good considering characters, oh, yeah. you know, in a horror film, because usually it's not till the end till they go, wait a tick, I think I know what's going on here. Like, really? Because it's been two hours, and we've been suffering watching you fucking struggle through this. It's actually Debbie. The, she's a really smart cookie. You know, yeah, she is. Debbie's she's, on it. Uh, the way that she says this is kind of stupid, but it's okay. <laughs> the shooting star! I'm talking about the shooting star we went to go look for. We are in it! So they find their way. They're, they're poking around. They find this big silo thing, and then eventually they find their way into this room uh, where there's a couple of uh, things hanging in cotton candy, which I love Debbie here because she's like, this isn't how they make cotton candy. Like, oh, I'm sorry, Debbie. I forgot you were a fucking cotton candy <laughs> expert. What the fuck? I mean, I've seen cotton candy be made. I'd be like, that's not how the fuck they do that. Well, I've seen it be made too, but I don't know how, like, if you're trying to do it in mass or, or you know, at an enterprise scale. I don't know. I don't know how that would work. Yeah, you just hang it from hooks that look like bumblebee asses. That's what you do. That's <laughs> <laughs> look like a bumblebee ass. <laughs> so they rip open one of these cotton candy things, and sure enough, it's people. Cotton candy is people. <laughs> it's people. It's people. <laughs> 
<laughs> so as they're trying to run out, um, Rudy, that's right, Rudy the Clown, why he's named Rudy, again, nobody fucking knows, Rudy the Clown uh, chases after them with a popcorn gun. Ooh. It fires popcorn at them, but not just fires, it's not like straight shot, it's apparently homing popcorn because it's moving around corners and going after them. It has movie theater butter on it. It makes sense. <laughs> is that how movie theater butter works? Does it just find you no matter where you go? Fuck yeah. Uh, so after narrowly escaping the flying popcorn and dead people encased in cotton candy cocoons, they attempt to tell the police, and that goes over just about as well as you would expect. It goes over pretty well with one of them, at least. The other one is just kind of a dick about it. <laughs> oh, you mean Mooney? Oh, yeah. Killer clowns from outer space. Holy shit. Clowns, cotton candy, flying popcorn. Go ahead. Better make fools out of the police department. So Officer Dave takes Debbie back to her house while the killer clowns unleash hell on the town, turning people into cotton candy, running them off roads, trashing pharmacies for some fucking reason. What the fuck was that about? You also find out something kind of fucked up about, and this is, this is what really pissed me off about the whole movie, that Officer Dave and Debbie used to be a thing, but she's also with Mike, so there's this weird triangle that kind of goes on in this movie, and it's it just, it really upset me the entire movie. Yeah, we don't we don't really address it, we don't really resolve it at all either. No, there's no resolution. I mean, None. there's there's a quote-unquote resolution, but it's it's not the kind of resolution you would expect from that, because it's like, so Dave is just, so just fuck Dave, I guess. Mm-hmm. Or no, not fuck Dave, fuck, uh, fuck Mike. No, not really, because it is kind of fuck Dave and kind of fuck Mike at the same time. It really is. It's just, everybody's getting fucked, and we're going to talk about that more. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Ew. Harley clouds. <laughs> Harley clouds. You're so excited to talk about the fucking Harley clouds. Uh, so I got to say, though, uh, while all the chaos is going on, because really in this this whole time, it's... It's not a montage, but we're just kind of going. It's it's we're just kind of having some fun with yeah. this, and we're going from scene to scene and watching different clowns do different things. One's putting on a puppet show and kills a person. Um, one delivers pizza to a girl in a scantily clad outfit, kind of a la you know nineteen eighties panty raid scene, and and gets killed. Um, a woman opens the door to find a clown holding a, a heart shaped box, you know, uh, purportedly candy, and she gets killed. So just all sorts of little fun happening, but. One I'm going to focus in on. Um, Shorty, he, he rides his tricycle up to a group of bikers. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie, I, I kind of felt bad for Shorty at first. When, when the, guy, the, the biker comes up and, and he's like, um, can, I, can I ride your bike? And he goes, no. And he shakes his head no. He's like, well, can I at least honk the horn? And Shorty's like, yeah, okay, that's cool. And then the biker destroys his bike and, and Shorty's kind of sad about it. I felt bad for him for a minute. And then he punches the dude's head off. Yeah, that kind of, that's kind of where the empathy stopped. That's a, that's a pretty, that's a damper <laughs> on that whole party right there. Uh, and then, of course, we have uh, a fun fact here. So uh, we come to a restaurant scene where, you know, there's uh, people eating some food. Uh, and in an early version of the restaurant scene, it was shot showing the Kyoto brothers sitting at a table in the background as extras. So I thought that was kind of fun. Oh. Obviously, we don't really get to see that now, but that was uh, an early version of the restaurant scene. Uh, AJ, what did you think about the restaurant scene? All right, so this is probably my favorite scene in the whole fucking movie. <laughs> I, I forget which clown it is. Sean, he had the whole database up, so he knows what clown it is. <laughs> Hold on, I'll see if I can find it. But anyway, there's this clown that's kind of waiting outside the restaurant as this kid is talking to her mom. She's not really talking. She's getting yelled at by her mom. Her mom's like, you're going to sit there and you're going to eat your burger. And I'm like, that, that's kind of fucked up. She didn't even do anything. Then she looks out and she sees this clown kind of beckoning her way 
and he's got he's got this big old smile. She's excited. She goes outside, and then he sees you see that there's a mallet behind this guy's this back. And you know what I kept thinking the entire time? I hope he fucking marks that little girl up with that mallet. <laughs> I just really <laughs> hope that this happens. <laughs> just like she's gonna get fucked up. Well, and then you pointed something out which was kind of fucked up. Um, later on, the I think it's Dave and Mike. They find their way back into the cotton candy room, and now the room is like full, right? And this is this is near the end of the movie yeah. film. Um, so obviously, you know, this is like they've they've taken almost the entire fucking town. And you noted that most of the cotton candy things were hanging towards the ground, but there was like one that was yeah. really small. Yeah, she got her ass fucked up. Yeah, so it's <laughs> it's kind of insinuating like if it was if it wasn't her, some other little kid definitely got caught and turned into cotton candy. Pretty messed up. Now I'm not saying that children murder is funny. I'm not saying that in any way, shape, or form. Just please don't think that. What I am saying is that if a clown approaches you at a burger restaurant and he has a mallet behind his back, I don't care if you're a child, I don't care if you're an adult, I don't care if you're an old person, I don't care if you're a baboon. It's going to be really funny if you get fucked up by this mallet. <laughs> I want to see her get Gallaghered. Gallaghered. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, I want to see someone get marked up by that mallet, okay? You're, you're really embracing the, the spirit of this film, I gotta say. I, I, I like where your head's at. Um, <laughs> I, I think if you keep it there, though, that a mallet might hit it, but I'm just saying. I, I, like, <laughs> I like where you're at. Mike convinces Officer Dave that the clowns are real when they see a clown swallow a group of people with a fucking shadow puppet of a dinosaur. It was a very impressive puppet show, though. I gotta say. I mean, it was. I mean, uh, at one point, uh, I think there was... Um, what uh, Washington of the Delaware? Yeah, that was, that was pretty yeah. pretty good stuff. Yeah, you gotta you gotta give it up for him. Yeah, round of applause. Uh, Mooney, of course, uh, Officer Shithead Mooney uh, <laughs> remains unconvinced, dismisses the claim. Uh, that is until a clown shows up at the station and shoots him with water from a bouquet of flowers, yeah. and uh, some other things take place. But uh, the punchline here is then he turns Mooney into a fucking puppet and literally talks with him with his hand jammed in. I'm going to assume back. I don't know. It like, definitely was his back. Okay. It could have been ass. I have no well, idea. Well, I mean, if it's like, if you're a puppet, you know, it kind of makes yeah. sense. But yeah, he, he he turns into a fucking puppet and starts like just putting him on his on his lap and talking with him like a ventriloquist dummy. It's pretty fucked up. Well, the, the, the funny thing about this is that Mooney the entire time in the movie has been answering these phone calls and people are trying to get through to him like, hey, help me. There's some fucking clowns out here. And Mooney just thinks it's a big prank. And then, you know. Yeah, the guy the guy thinks the entire town has decided to prank him. Like, so <laughs> of the two possibilities you have here, fucking Mooney, your, your, <laughs> your choices were there's actually a crisis happening within this town or the entire town decided to get one over on old Officer Mooney. What the f- You're not that fucking important, bud. <laughs> like, nobody gives a fuck. Mooney thought he would get them, but he got got. That's he did get got got. He did got got. And before we're done with Mooney, I do also want to note that you get to hear something pretty fun at the very beginning of the film, where Mooney says this line insinuating that he won't be made into a dummy. And I just love the foreshadowing there. I think there's, it's such blatant and obvious foreshadowing, but it's still fun because he literally gets made into a fucking dummy. Oh yeah, it's just hilarious. outstanding. I'm surprised that Dave wasn't more taken aback by this scene, though. Yeah, he wasn't really disturbed by it, was he? He was just like, oh, sure, Officer Mooney just got turned into a fucking sock puppet. That's just a thing that happens at the, at the off- another day at the office. But, but he does discover something pretty cool in that He scene. does. Officer Dave shows up to find Mooney being ventriloquist-dolled. And then as the clown kind of starts coming towards him, Dave starts firing on him. Uh, takes a lot of shots to the chest, obviously, you know, doing the typical cop thing. 
and then for whatever reason, uh, Dave decides to aim for his nose, like the big clown, his big clown nose, and it blows up. And then AJ, what happens then? Well, if you look behind the scenes, <laughs> no, uh, there, there's a clown that has this like spinning wheel of green light, and then he explodes. Yeah, basically, uh, if you destroy their nose, it turns them into a spinning green claymore mine full of glitter. Yeah. Pretty badass. The thing that fucks me up about this is we watched the behind the scenes, the way that they did this effect was fucking dangerous. They t- <laughs> they took a bunch of pieces of broken glass, tied it to a spinning wheel of death, <laughs> and they just shine just, green light off of it. Light and turn it around. <laughs> and they were super excited about how they did this. Like, yeah, we did this like hurricane tornado tunnel. And then we look at it, we're like, it's a fucking death trap. <laughs> <laughs> that's just that that that's just a, that's just a lot of cuts waiting to happen. You're just what the fuck, man. <laughs> Meanwhile. Mike catches up with the Trenzi brothers just in time to see the clown parade. And I love that that's what they call this because uh, there's actually a march uh, you know, kind of song that goes along with this clown parade. It was originally written by uh, John Masari for his high school rock band Crisis, mm-hmm. but the band members didn't like it. They thought it was the it, the song spelled out an F major seventh chord, and they thought it sounded too much like jazz. But in this film, I thought it played really well. It's incredibly menacing. I actually really enjoyed that 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 the whole parade scene. Okay, music theory. I, you know, I'm writing down what the fuck <laughs> I found. I'm sorry. Excuse the fuck out of me. That's your goddamn music theory. Is Debbie part of this parade, or is that after? I can't remember. No, no, no. They show up, they see the parade, and they're like, oh, fuck, now we gotta go find Debbie. So I think the parade kind of makes it to Debbie, because, like, every... Like, okay, and that was another thing. So each individual person that gets got in this film is gotten by, like, a single clown, or maybe a couple, right? But then with Debbie, they had to send the whole fucking brigade? Yeah. Like, every fucking clown is there. You got the three assholes outside waiting to catch her with a... (laughs) Like the old-style fireman with a little uh, trampoline. You got a clown inside, uh, or three clowns show up inside eventually. You got uh, all the baby clowns in her fucking bathroom. Like, they sent everybody after this girl. So what you're saying is they sent in the clowns. You proud of yourself right So what we come to find out is that uh, that popcorn gun we alluded to earlier mm-hmm. that shoots popcorn. Essentially, the popcorn is seeds for the clowns, and the 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 popcorn starts turning into these little demonic yeah. fucking baby clowns that are basically just heads on a spring. It's fucking weird. And so Debbie's fighting these damn things off. She finally fights those things off. She tries to jump out the window, but again, <laughs> they got they got three clowns outside in fireman hats with a little. Mm-hmm. Uh, old style like trampoline like a person was supposed to jump onto so she can't go there turns around three clowns in her freaking living room so she's got nowhere to go so she of course does what any scream queen does she jumps on the couch and screams uh and so as one does as one does so they put her into a fucking balloon and you might be thinking to yourself sean You've been talking about cotton candy and popcorn up to this point. You've never mentioned anything about a balloon. That's because this is the first fucking time it happened, and apparently <laughs> it's just a thing we're going to gloss the fuck over. That's how this film works, all right? So the clowns take Debbie outside in this yellow balloon. I'm only going to mention yellow balloon because later we see there's other balloons, right? And we're going to get to the balloons because AJ and I ran into a theory about why we think they put her in a 
balloon Instead as opposed to cotton candying her. As they're driving away, Mike and the Trenzi brothers in the, the ice cream truck are chasing after her, and then Dave catches up with Mike and Trenzi to chase down the clowns, and they kind of wind up just you know consolidating vehicles because of a car crash. I'm glossing over a lot here, but there's really not much to this plot <laughs> it's point. A it's, lot. It's, it's literally just like a, hey, let's have these th- two things crash so we can get everybody into the same fucking car. Sure, okay. So the clowns make another kill as they arrive back at base, which, you know, is the circus. <laughs> this is the saddest fucking one, though. It really is. <laughs> so there's this security guard, and he's hanging out at this this little uh, circus, right, where the, the, the clowns have moved their big top, so it's, uh, or they're... they're spaceship yeah, so that it's, like it's unrecognizable somewhere so it blends in and there's this there's a security guard she's, she's having a fucking sandwich she's trying to live his best life <laughs> just doing his job and uh the clowns show up in their car and of course they all come piling out of this tiny car because we're going to do the whole you know clown car gag here uh and then they all produce pies and that prompts our security guard to say this what are you going to do with those pies boys and they fucking kill him. <laughs> How do they kill him, AJ? With pies. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently these are acid pies, which they throw at the security guard, and it just melts the dude. And then Shorty has to be an absolute dick about this. And as this guy's just sitting here in a pile of acid ice cream, because he's you know been turned to fucking nothing but bone, Shorty fucking rolls up and puts a cherry on top. Why are you shaking your head, AJ? You don't you you like what Shorty did? If I was a clown, I'd have the tears of a clown. <laughs> <laughs> Only if somebody destroyed your tricycle. Or Kathy's clown. Kathy's clown? I'm just naming off songs that involve Is that clowns. what you're doing right now? Yes. Holy fuck. How, what's, what's Kathy's clown? It's a don't song that. by the Everly Brothers. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so, the boys, who I'm now going to refer to as Officer Dave, Mike, and the Terenzi Brothers. Oh, yeah, yeah. The boys find their way back to the big top. Only to quickly lose the Terenzi brothers to uh, a ball pit <laughs> where uh, <laughs> it is so excited that we're finally here uh, to encounter some hot clown orgy action with apparently some female clowns. This is what my thing about this whole scene was. They get into the ball pit. They look up and they see these clowns and they look like all the other clowns in there. They're just female clowns. And one of them decides to grow their uh, clown boobies. Yeah, the, the she you know, she's just sitting there and then all of a sudden she just it's like a, it's like she's doing it on like balloons yeah like like she's doing it on purpose almost where she's looking like ooh, and, she, and like as if the growth of her boobs is uh signaling arousal or something that's what it looks like and it's fucking weird but the Terenzi brothers are totally into it yeah they're totally 100 percent. They're, like, yeah, they're totally down are you De- are you debbie's roommates and they look super excited and this is where i realized there's something wrong here i think the Terenzi brothers were just that down bad and I think they got it. So you're saying they were down to clown? Yeah. They, uh, <laughs> they took it to clown town. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could say that was a written joke. That's so fucking good. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so before we move on from sexy clowns, I do want to get into this fan theory. And it has to do with the, the sexy clowns. And it kind of ties into uh, Debbie being put in a balloon instead of turned to cotton candy. And the theory is that the two sexy clowns were originally human women that the clowns captured and had been turned into female clowns. So 
when Slim, the clown Slim, encases Debbie inside the balloon, it's suggested that's foreshadowing that some of the female victims are not killed, but brought to the big top, turned into clowns. And the theory is that Rich and Paul, when they were, you know, <laughs> going to clown town, <laughs> um, uh, they're implying that the female clowns are trying to get impregnated to reproduce more clown offspring. So there's apparently several avenues to produce more clowns. You could do it through popcorn seed or female clowns being impregnated. Do you remember how they show up later? Yeah, they've been, their they, clothes are all torn and they have like makeup all yeah, over. Yeah, they their got freaking lipstick all over the faces because they've been they've been they've been doing. Yeah, the, they the, took it to Clown Town. They went oh, to Clown God. Town. Oh yeah, they totally did. Oh yeah, no, there's no they they fucked. Let's <laughs> let's just put it out there. There was definitely some clown fucking happening in that ball pit. We didn't get to see it, but it happened. It must have been noisy. Those two. So we should probably preface this whole time. The Terenzi brothers. Now we only get to see them in a couple of scenes, but it's very clear their entire mission through this entire film, has been to try to sleep with somebody. And these female clowns show up and we're like, all right, let's do this, boys. I don't think they said no. I, I really don't think they said no now. And with that, I don't know if they could have said no, even if they wanted to. <laughs> that, I, don't, I don't know. The, the clowns are kind of showing themselves to be pretty strong. I'm pretty sure they could have just taken it if they wanted it. But that's what we got. So, And all of this kind of comes off the fact that whenever the clowns encountered anybody, they would turn them into cotton candy, which were, you know, we find out later is to be consumed, right? It's, it's for food, but not Debbie. Why, why put Debbie in a balloon? What, what are they saving her for? And that's, that's kind of the theory is yeah. this is why she's being saved because she's not intended to be food. She's going to be, I don't know, trans, trans, up. trans substantiated, transmutated. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We're just going back to dogma. Yeah, I'm just bringing it back to dogma. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Dave and Mike finally make it back to that room with all the cotton candy. They watch Fatso stick a crazy straw in one of them after feeling around the, the cotton candies like he's searching for fucking produce. You gotta make sure it's ripe. Yeah, yeah and he did. He he was he, he's a he's a discerning cotton candy sewer. So Dave and Mike they uh they they find Debbie. They they bust her out of the uh, the balloon and they attempt to escape. Only to be met with a slew of funhouse contraptions, like a balloon pit and wobbly doorways. And I just have to ask, why the fuck is this in their spaceship? Sean, they're clowns. <laughs> I mean, we've seen some shit. There's a popcorn gun. They drink the cotton candy. Let's just assume this yeah, is just part of the That shit. all had utility. The cotton candy, they, they turn the cotton candy so they can eat them. The popcorn gun is so that they can produce more clowns or use the, the baby clowns to kill mm -hmm, people. Mm -hmm. The the balloons are apparently to preserve, you know, female specimens for mm -hmm, later clown mm -hmm. fuckings. But why, why would you the just straw have this? so bendy? I, I don't, okay, yeah, right, fair. <laughs> I don't know why. That doesn't make sense either. But these, like, wobbly doorways and this shit that's just in their way, like, this is their spaceship. Like, can you imagine you're just trying to fucking walk around your house and you're like, oh, I gotta get through my wobbly fucking doorways. Why the fuck would you build that? I, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. <laughs> but they're clowns from outer space. <laughs> I think they can do whatever they want. Why is their ship a fucking spinning top? <laughs> that's a good fucking point. I mean, let's just say right. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> AJ, that's a good question. Why the fuck is their ship a spinning goddamn top? What kind of fucking, what kind of fucking architecture is, what kind of engineering is this? This is bullshit. 
Clowns. <laughs> That's the headline, clowns. Oh, fuck my life. So, they find their way through some tiny doors, and it, it's a great scene where Dave is like, another door, another door, another door. It's so <laughs> fucking stupid. They finally make their way through this, and then they get cornered inside the big top. And they are narrowly captured before the Terenzi brothers save the day. They come busting through the wall in their ice cream truck. And as AJ alluded to, their clothes ripped to shreds, covered in lipstick. These boys have been doing some clown fucking. <laughs> that's 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 the that's the that's the bottom line. That's they've what been, happened. They've been clowning right. around. <laughs> we should we should have spent we should have spent all that time researching just coming up with clown puns for fucking. <laughs> Before they can all escape, and I shit you not, this is literally the name they use: Clownzilla. The giant fucking clown shows up, drops from the ceiling, and for some reason, uh, and, and AJ, you pointed this out, it causes the other clowns to scatter. So it's like, th- has this guy been beaten up on the other clowns, or are they just, or is it one of those I things where it's like probably eating them, maybe, or or maybe they're just like, oh, he he's gonna take care of it. Let's well, get out I, of here. I mean, they 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 get really scared, they run away, but maybe they maybe he's not eating them because I think they taste funny. Nah, <laughs> <laughs> fuck me. Oh my god. I almost went right over that, and I was like, wait a minute, what the fuck did he just... Oh, my God. Oh, I'm having a grand old time over here. It was a good day in the recording oh, studio. Thank you so much for thank you so much for recommending this, Jules. This is fantastic. <laughs> Before they can all escape, Clownzilla drops from the ceiling, causing the clowns to scatter, and then Officer Dave distracts Clownzilla while Debbie and Mike escape. And Clownzilla had kind of grabbed the, the ice cream truck and tossed it, so we're not really sure. We weren't really sure at the time what the fate of the Trenzi brothers is because we know they were inside, yeah. but we don't know much more. So we just got the three left. Uh, so so Officer Dave is doing the distracting. Mike and Debbie run out. Um, and then and this is the part that really pissed uh, AJ off. And I, I thought it was fine, but um, the cop tries to shoot. Uh, Dave tries to shoot the the clown in the nose. Uh, and for some reason, he can't hit it, even though it's. Right, fucking the, there. The world's biggest fucking target, and he's literally at point blank. I can't imagine why he can't hit the damn thing. So eventually, Clownzilla grabs a hold of him, uh, and then as he's lifting him up, Dave takes off his badge and pops the clown's nose, and that's how he that's how he stops him. It did not tickle my funny bone. I was very, <laughs> very upset by this. Why were you upset by it, AJ? It just it was so fucking stupid. It's like okay, so if their noses are that fragile how come no one else decided they were punching the clowns at one point i believe like debbie was fighting them all off she didn't break any of their noses i mean maybe it has to be like a sharp object i don't i don't know or like or a bullet apparently i i don't know i don't know it's it's clowns aj it's clowns from outer space fuck this circuit (laughs) (laughs) so uh fun fact about clownzilla um he was originally supposed to be made with stop motion animation but um, obviously, production costs, right? And the the brothers mentioned they had a very limited time to shoot, so they just went with that suit instead. And I think we saw that in the uh, behind the scenes where they were just kind of working with the the guy in the suit and saying, okay, you know, do this, do this, do this. Mm-hmm. So they just went with a suit and kind of used camera trickery to make him look bigger than he was. I mean, he was a clown, so I guess he did have some pretty big shoes to fill. So, I mean, at the end of the day... How many fucking more of these you got? <laughs> <laughs> did you spend that whole time we were doing just writing down clown puns? <laughs> Swear to fucking God. Do you have them in your phone right there? You son of a bitch. 
<laughs> He's so fucking proud of himself right now. <laughs> He's just giggling. Uh, no, AJ, did you catch the Wilhelm scream? Yeah, it was no small feat. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Okay, that's the last one. I can't, was it? That's the last was one. Was it, AJ? That's the last one. AJ, AJ, let me see your phone. No. AJ? That's the last one. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a Wilhelm scream. And uh, for any of our audience that doesn't know, the Wilhelm scream is an old sound effect that comes from the 1951 Western Distant Drums, and it's used in a slew of films, and it's, it's kind of famous for its, its wide use mm-hmm. afterwards, because it was just easier to use this stock sound than to try to recreate it, because it's just a, it's a fun sound. And originally, the sound was actually labeled, man getting hit by an alligator, or man getting bit by an alligator, and he screams. And I always love that. That's the really? name of that sound. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's a good time. So, uh, there is a Wilhelm scream here. Um, I'm not going to say exactly where it was. Please watch the film and let us know if you catch that Wilhelm scream. It's pretty recognizable. So, AJ, we've, we've come to the end here. Um, do you still want to call say that Shorty is your favorite clown? Well, when I have to turn that clown upside down. You did have another one that fucking came, right? I knew you goddamn <laughs> I had, did. I had one more. I knew you I goddamn did. That's why I wanted to see your... Di- that's why I wanted to see your fucking notes. I knew you goddamn did. One more Christ. But, no, I think Shorty... Is probably my favorite one, just because he's kind of a dick. He puts the cherry on the the, the top of the guy. <laughs> he like has that fight where he knocks the guy's head off. Like I don't. One thing I don't understand though is like with this whole scene, like why do the clowns just jump straight up in the air when they do shit? I don't know. We'll we'll talk about that at the end though. I mean, look, we're worth the end. That's it. I mean, so they run out. Um, somehow the the clown car drops down, and Officer Dave was inside, perfectly safe. Yeah, uh, because the. The, the tops goes screaming into the sky, and then, I don't know, does it blow up? I, I couldn't remember. Yeah, it blows up, because remember, like, all the streamers are coming down, and all right, that Right, right, right. So all the sparkly shit's coming down. And then, the Terenzi brothers are also in the clown car for some yeah. reason. They were like, oh, we, we hid in the freezer when, you know, Clownzilla tried to fuck our world up. Because they had that much time. Yeah, obviously, because in that split-second decision, they were able to hop in the freezer. Then... The three kind of, I guess, main characters, if you will, are standing there. Dave is kind of macking on Debbie right in front of Mike, which was, again, there, there's no, that's what we're getting, that's what we were coming to. There's no fucking resolution here. He just no. is like kind of rubbing her shoulders and hugging on her as if he's now her boyfriend again. But like just a couple seconds earlier that she was with Mike and they were all hugging on each other and it was all weird. I don't know. But the, it, the ending is kind of fucked up too because you don't know, is it really done? Well, why do we think it's not done, AJ? What happens? Well, I mean, after the thing explodes and they're kind of talking and they're like, is it all done? And they look up in the sky, they, they get they get pied. They get pied. Now, that part kind of bothered me because they get pied and they seem fine. But didn't it, did we not already establish that uh, the clown's pies are acid and will kill you? Maybe they have to throw a lot of pies. Oh, is that what it is? That's Let's true. Remember, one of the brothers earlier touched it and he didn't really... Nothing really That's a good point. Yet. And uh, our poor officer friend... Uh, or our poor security guard friend uh, that got pie to death, he got a lot of pie, oh, yeah. like an absolute fucked, like an inordinate amount of yeah, pie. Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a tremendous amount of pie. A, treme- <laughs> a tremendous amount of pie. I will say, if I was one of the townspeople, especially Debbie, in one situation, there is one scene that I would have probably been the most pissed off at. Debbie, in that scene where she's getting kind of like taken away. The fucking clowns have the goddamn audacity to also throw streamers all over her house. 
So they like TP <laughs> our house. <laughs> what? With streamers. And I would be very upset because not only after all this, you just got pied in the face. Now you're going to go home with Dave, Mike, maybe both. You know, we're not judging. I'm thinking both based maybe on Maybe the behavior. Twinsy Brothers, you know. You know, Mooney, Mooney kept calling her a, a, what did he call her? Like a hussy or a heart? I forgot what I don't he know, said. Some old timey word to insinuate that somebody is a, a slut. I don't, I, I don't know. It, it, He's being it, kind of a dick about it. But either then, yeah. way, we don't shame in any way, shape, or form. No, no, no. If she, wants to, if she wants both some Dave and some Mike, good for her. She's been through a traumatic experience. I think they've all earned a little uh, clown town. I mean, I get, if you want to go around town and paint the town, you know, red, white, maybe even green, because you know those are clown colors, then you go back <laughs> home, and there's fucking streamers all over the house. You have to clean those up before you go into the house that was, and earlier she left the water on because she had to shove this thing into somebody's just watch the movie just know you'll be ex- as pissed as i was no you're, you're not wrong i i had forgotten about the whole like streamers all over the yard that's like that's that's kind of a dick move like okay we're gonna kidnap you but before we go we're gonna do a 13 year old's prank on your fucking house like what's, what's the point yeah but it was shorty that fucking yeah. cherry cherry topping motherfucker but that's that's the bitch. whole movie in a nutshell though i mean the movie's pretty quick once you watch it there's not really a really deep plot or anything like that it's just a fun watch it is a fun watch and i i think that's where we should leave it is that this is not a movie to avoid it is definitely a movie to watch oh yeah it for is sure. it's a lot of fun there's it, it's ridiculous but it, it doesn't it knows it's ridiculous the filmmakers here like we said they they weren't traditional filmmakers this is not a traditional director writer and producer these were three special effects puppeteer guys who I think just wanted to make a fun, campy film. And you can see a lot of influence from other horror films within this. Like, uh, one of them mentioned that it was like the blob with clowns. And until I heard that, I, I couldn't believe I hadn't seen it. Like, I couldn't believe I didn't, you know, catch on to that. But it absolutely is. It's, it very much has that same feel of the small town where this new thing from outer space is all of a sudden taking over and people are, are coming, you know, being susceptible to it. Very much has that feel, but they wanted it to be fun, and they they got there. It's a lot of fun. I mean, my favorite thing about this movie is that while it is super funny, it's kind of like the circus. You know, it's intense. It's it's one of those <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> you goddamn it! I'm over here looking up where you can watch the film, and I'm thinking, mm-hmm. I'm just nodding my head along. I'm like, intense. Yeah, you motherfucker. <laughs> That's my last son one. Of a bitch. You said the last one was your last one. I lied to you. <laughs> <laughs> you know whenever I lie, I have a giant smile on my face. You should just know this. Son of a bitch. You know what? No more funny business out of you. <laughs> hey Ew. Well, if you want to watch Killer Clowns from Outer Space, you can actually see it for free right now on Freebie TV, Tubi, The Horror Zone, or Freebie. Now, if you want to pay for it for some reason, maybe you just really hate commercials, that's fine. You can rent it from Prime, Vudu, Redbox, or Apple TV, all for $3.99. And as we're now moving into pumpkin spice season, or as it's known around these parts in all your guys' circles, spooky season, we are going to start reviewing some spooky things. We're going to start talking about some scary movies, which we haven't really done. This is kind of the segue into that. When we talk about some people that had some some parts in some horror movies, we'll have some discussion episodes on the scary things in general. Let's just let's enjoy the spooky season because, you know, it's going to be a great time. I, I think we have some really fun things in store. Jules, thank you for kind of kicking this off for us. Yeah, big shout out to Jules from Kansas City once more. Uh, thank you for the suggestion. We hope you enjoy your IPTT swag. And we will have some more viewer episodes. I think maybe we should even tag this maybe. I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll discuss this, but maybe we should tag this as like viewer 
viewer, uh, yeah, viewer, uh, viewer, a viewer pick. Yeah, absolutely. Can, yeah, um, we are really excited whenever you guys have suggestions for us. It's gonna make this this show just a lot better, and we really, really, really need you to review our fucking podcast. And we really like it when you like, share, and subscribe. But until then, our music is created by Augusto Denise, logo by Design World, mixing and editing by IPTT Studios, and special thanks to studio dog Joe the Boxer. And we want to hear from you in your own slice of pie. Tell us about the films you think we and others should see, actors to showcase, or topics to discuss. You can reach us on Instagram at IPTT underscore podcast, email us directly at IPTTpodcast at gmail.com, or interact with us directly through the Spotify app. And if you ever find yourself making a podcast and your jackass best friend can't stop dropping clown puns, remember, you can always get more pie. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. I'm Jojo the Ice Cream Clown with the bestest ice cream in town. We'll give you the stick, you give it a lick, and it'll tickle you all the way down.